All right. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of The Human Exception. In this week's episode, I'll be telling you all about the glorious hyena, an oft-overlooked and despised animal that is actually really freaking cool. Foul language abound, as always, but this episode also contains conversations about animal reproduction, genitalia, and eating habits. That doesn't scare you off? Buckle in for another episode of The Human Exception. Welcome back to another human exception. Um, this week we're going to be talking about animals. But before we get into that, uh, I've got some updates. So um, we have a five-star rating on iTunes. Wait, what? Yeah, just one. Don't know <laughs> who it is. Comment, but someone out there thought we were worth five stars. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, random person. Yeah. We love you. Holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, so if you guys want to do that, that helps us out a lot. Just saying. Since like 70% of the people that listen to us use iTunes. Did not realize that. Dang. All right. Um, also, Nathan, you had a bit of an update about Mush- Mount Rushmore, didn't you? Some conspiracies or something? Did. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot already. <laughs> uh... I think I copy-pasted it. <laughs> we fail. It's just an auto-fail. <laughs> So, from what you were saying, there's, there's something to do with aliens. It's proof that aliens exist in that chamber, potentially. Oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> so, I happened to cross another conspiracy theory about Mount Rushmore, and some people's theories is that the vault doesn't just hold, like, um, the Constitution and the amendments and, and like what it's actually supposed to hold. Uh, what we know is in there. Um, but instead, the reason why it's covered by this 1,200 pound rock and is virtually inaccessible and the fact that like nobody is allowed up there because of like the constant guard rotations and stuff that's all around there is that there's secrets um like government secrets that is proof to alien life in the universe amazing in, hidden in this hidden vault in the vault yeah it it you know all so of the this vault ex- has a stargate Yes, that's what you're telling you know me. What? I I would Hang prefer that being the case. You know, um, it's that it's in Mount Cheyenne. We know that, of course, absolutely. But like, I would prefer that you know a couple of like super sneaky people manage to get past all of the fucking guards that are always there, twenty four hours a day. And come back and be like, actually, it's just a big fucking Stargate. So aliens, yes, they do exist. You're right. That would be dope. <laughs> well, the question is, would we even believe them? 
you no, we wouldn't. But <laughs> like the idea that you have this giant monument, you're all you're doing is you're protecting the faces of four presidents and some papers. That is your job. <laughs> right? Like Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, I feel so bad for those guys, you know? Oh my god! <laughs> I need to ask my friend who was a park ranger, uh, a, a national park ranger, about I was like, do you know the secret about Rushmore? <laughs> <laughs> you have to tell me, damn it! <laughs> and Nathan, do you want to share how you came across this information? Oh god. I don't remember how I came across it. <laughs> What are you using this information for? Oh, yeah! Um, <laughs> shit. So, I'm using this right now. I'm running a text game, a D&D text game, and my players are running around inside this dungeon that I've created inside of Mount Rushmore. So, I was doing some additional research on, like, uh, well, I mean, not just U.S., monuments and and stuff but uh like canada u.s mexico because that is their sort of play area um and one of the jobs that they were able to take was something weird was going on at mount rushmore so they're like oh well that looks interesting let's do that so i was like okay well how do i take you know these historical like actual facts and then sort of mix it with the fantasy. And then apparently I did something a little bit different uh, when looking up Mount Rushmore this time than when I was researching it last time. I don't think so. Pretty sure my search history is the exact same, but I did. Uh, you know what? It was probably the third page in the Google history in the Google. <laughs> oh <my> um, God. <laughs> And I came across like one extra piece of information that there was another conspiracy that people thought that the secrets to aliens were hidden inside this vault. <sighs> yeah. That's a whole thing. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. Fucking yeah. thing. You need to Google results. No wonder you didn't find it before. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, but now Google has your algorithm pinned down. So mm-hmm. it knows to give you the conspiracy shit on the front end. <laughs> <laughs> but like this, was, this was mixed 20. in with real tr- like real facts though. Uh, so like it's like the whole article was factual and then it was like, oh, and by the way, here's some really interesting conspiracy theories around it. As like a three-line paragraph at the end of the article. <laughs> if you're interested in what wackos think, you should go check these out. Like a postscript, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It really was. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I am really curious to see how our search algorithms will um, evolve with our time doing this show. <laughs> Ads change. <laughs> oh, oh. God. Um, we also have another update. Um, while I was putting together a page for the Lost Dutchman Mines, we found out what happened to the money that Buddy put up to solve the mystery of ghosts or proof of existence of ghosts. 
So um, that amount was actually claimed by the psychical research group of both the international one in London and the one in America. They split it up so that they could continue their research and dupe the paranormal. <sighs> went to what it was towards. It was went to what it intended. <laughs> it did. It did. Maybe, maybe in the spirit, but not the heart of. <laughs> Yeah, I think they tried for like 30 years or something to try and see if anyone would come forward and no one really came up with anything. So they're like, yeah, you guys just take it. Maybe you figure it yeah. out. Eventually the government does not want to be responsible for that money. Because they're like, it's not enough to build a new road or, you know, give to a politician. So here, let's. <laughs> 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 let's. It's a paltry amount here. Just take the, here. Someone take this. Oh, hey, you caught me sleeping with my mistress. Like two weeks <laughs> after I got married, we have this money over. Oh, that's not enough for bribe oh, money. No. Uh, yeah, put that somewhere else. Oh, weird All right, and then finally, the most important update is uh, our correction: is that Icarus has three cats, not two. Whoops, right? that is important. It is super important. It is actually, as a four-cat household, I would just say one of my cats would feel left out if you said three, not four. <laughs> I'd probably get my nose eaten in my sleep, so yes, I feel that hard. And the fact that we have that correction is kind of a hint of something that may be yet to come on the show. Woo! Let's let's be <laughs> flat out real about this. That's all Kayla. That's all Kayla. <laughs> and I don't say that as a bad thing. Some of the shit that Kayla has told us after that episode, I went, what the fuck is going on? So in case you don't remember what we're talking about, we're talking about the Final Fantasy VII house. Igris was the person that told the story. Um, I've been in contact with him. It sounds like he might want to come on the show. So I'm not promising anything yet, but um, it sounds like it's going to happen at this point. Just kind of nailed it. Trying to nail down a day right now. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, and we had our first guest. Yes, we did. Well, you were on. Yeah, we had Robin. Whoop, whoop, yep. whoop. Thank you, Robin. Mm -hmm. Yes, thanks so much, Robin. That was delightful. Yeah, and thank you to Sam for hooking us up with Robin. That's fantastic. Heck yeah. So now Sam can message me later and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then today we're talking about some animals. And I think I'm going first. So um, one thing I'm going to uh, I'm going to be doing oh, is no. I that I can share gifts with you guys. So I've got gifts. Yes. <laughs> ha -ha. Ha -ha. So I am going to be covering hyenas. Tell me what you know about hyenas, guys. <laughs> They're frequently uh, misaligned and seen as awful. Accurate. Uh, uh, they're usually represented as like, like they're usually connected to like dogs, if I recall. They're not as closely resembling. I remember this as a as a weird fact, and I don't <laughs> remember. And I bet the rest of the world is probably similar in the knowledge and anything else that they gleaned is from the Lion King. Which is not an accurate portrayal. <laughs> right. I was going to make a Lion King joke and then I realized that it's been about two and a half decades since I've seen it. So 
my memory is not real great there. I, I just remember very specifically as a kid, basically being told by teachers when we had to do animal reports. So no one's allowed to do hyenas because they're evil and they're just scavengers and they're what horrible. The and no one wants to what? talk. I remember this very distinctly. Yeah. That's weird. Wow. And they're just, and they're just, they're not worth anybody's time. So pick a better animal. And yeah. Wow. That is brutal. Is just terrible. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's let's uh, give you some learning. So hyenas get a bad rep, as you guys are aware. They often get portrayed <laughs> as stupid, cowardly scavengers that just heckle and antagonize heroes. And well, they're also my favorite animals, so that's why I'm covering them today. Or favorite mammal, I should clarify, because I have favorites across different spectrums. <laughs> So there are four living species of hyena, spotted, the brown, the striped, and the aardwolf. And these are all part of the hyena family. And there are two extinct subfamilies of the group, but you know, they're gone, right? So it doesn't really matter. So I'm going to show you a picture. Okay, so these are the four species of hyenas. Okay, well, I'm already learning because I did not know this. <laughs> so the biggest one is the spotted hyena. Um, it's the one that most people are familiar with, and that's kind of what the hyenas in um, Lion King are modeled after. Uh, with you know, followed by the brown hyena, and then the striped hyena, and then the aardwolf is the smallest of the hyenas. It's um, about the size of a fox, and it looks a lot like a fox. You may not even think it's a hyena if you didn't know that's what it was. Aardwolf. The hyena family is the hyena day, so there's four of them in there. But if you go up one level in the whole biological tree situation we are in the hepastoidea which is which also lives then the hyena's closest living relative give me a guess on what you think that is and i will tell you now it's not felines and it's not canines oh um wait like some kind of rodent ah i'm really bad at this stuff a kangaroo <laughs> Close. Oh, dang. All right, then. Kangaroo. Kangaroos. Um, it's mongooses. Hmm. Here's kind of a family tree there. So, yeah, the people that are on the creatures on the same level as the hyena are the mongoose. And then you go up one level to that, we add civets. And this is kind of what this whole group of people look like. So these are all very closely related. <laughs> the picture that we'll process. So civets in the top left, that's a mongoose in the top right, and another mongoose in the bottom left, and that's a hyena in the bottom right. Oh, that's really cool. That is cool. Wow. Civets are really cool, by the way. <laughs> Evolution. Science. Yeah. Science. So from there, we then go up one more level, um, which is the filiforma, and that's where we get we get cats. So cats are up there. Eventually, they, they're just kind of like third removed cousins kind of thing. But it puts cats as closely related to hyenas as humans are related to lemurs. Huh. And we have to go up one more level to the carnivora, and that's when the canines get added in there. So, yeah, they are not really related to cats or dogs at all. Um, so they are the um, fifth smallest biological group within carnivora. And despite their low diversity, hyenas are unique and are vital components of most of the African ecosystems. And this creates a very distinctive family of creatures that are unlike any other and one that used to roam the world over. <laughs> so this is their kind of current territory right now. Most of them live in Africa with some in Saudi Arabia and like 
South Asia, like India area. The brown hyena, also known as the strand wolf, is the the rarest of the species of the hyenas, with its biggest population located in the Kalahari Desert and the coastal areas of Southwest Africa. There's estimated to be about 4,000 to 10,000 left, and they're considered near-threatened. The threat to the brown hyena is misinformation. (laughs) Humans believe that they're harmful to their livestock just because they've been seen scavenging off of livestock carcasses. But in most cases, really, they're just... The, the carcasses of this livestock has been found off of the property. So this animal already escaped and was killed by something else, or maybe it was then killed by them. So anything that's in fences and stuff is usually pretty safe. And their, their only major predator is the lion. Huh. Hmm. So if they die, it's because of us and the lions. Cool. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. So remember I just told you that hyenas are not really directly related to felines and canines and are completely unique slow snowflakes? Now I'm going to tell you how they are the same in many ways. <laughs> so hyenas physically look and act very similar to canines with several elements of convergent evolution, with convergent evolution describing the evolution of features that are very similar to other creatures that are not closely related. A good example of this is bats and dolphins. What do they have in common? Echolocation? Uh, yeah, I was going to say. That's right. Yeah. So this is, they evolve completely independently from each other, not even closely related Yet they've experienced the same genetic mutation that has resulted in them unlocking the echolocation skill. So some more things to do with convergence. Well, both canines and hyenas are hunters designed to run and catch prey with their teeth rather than claws. And they both eat food quickly and or hide it. And they have large, blunt, non-retractable claws allowing them to make sharp turns and stuff while they're running. But their grooming habits, scent marking, parental behavior, have a lot more in common with felines. They also have rough tongues just like cats. That picture. Is a hyena tongue? Oh yes, it is. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Look at that. It's so cute. Yeah. That big blip. <laughs> yeah, so that's a, that's an aardwolf. Um, and just to confuse you more, hyena babies are called cubs. Now listen. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> so hyenas originated in the jungles in Eurasia about twenty-two million years ago which is also about how long we had uh, emus for. <laughs> That's when they started. <laughs> so which so today, would, Eurasia would be Europe, Asia, and Russia. And while most other fellow form species were still very much into the trees, hyenas probably looked very similar to the African civet, and they loved the grasslands. That was, their, that was their jam. About 10 to 14 million years ago, hyenas would diversify into two distinct types, dog-like and bone-crushing hyenas. Like, okay. So the um, bigger hyenas, the spotted, the striped, and the brown, are considered the bone-crushing variety, where the aardwolf is considered the uh, dog-like hyena, and it's the only one that's left from that that line. Interesting. So the dog-like hyenas thrived 15 million years ago when there was about 30 species, and they even made it as far as to North America. Um, these hyenas were very lith and wolfish animals. One species, the uh, lethotherium, was very similar to what we think of as the modern jackal. Here's an illustration. So you see, yeah, it's a lot more slender than what we see of the hyenas these days. Which oh, are wow. Chunkier. Chunky hyena. <laughs> <laughs> so the dog-like hyenas were very prolific. In some fossil sites, the, the, remi- the remains of these creatures far outnumber those of all other carnivores combined. About five to seven million years ago, climate change and the arrival of canids into Eurasia did a number on the dog-like hyenas, and most died off about 1.5 million years ago, leaving us only with the aardwolf today. 
Um, the werewolf can most likely attribute its survival to the fact that it's an insectivore, which the Canadians had no interest in. So they had their termite mounds all to themselves. <laughs> For the bow crushers, on the other hand, the which is the other three members of the family, they dominated Eurasia and Africa. They survived the changing climates and the Canids, though they never made it to North America. They were content with their already existing kingdom. Five million years ago, these hyenas became the dominant scavengers of Eurasia, primarily feeding on large herbivore carcasses left by saber-toothed cats. One genius, the Pachycroda, was a mega scavenger that could splinter elephant bones and likely weighed over 400 pounds. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a big... That's a big. Holy shit, that's huge! Yeah. So striped hyenas spent most of their time in Africa, though they did later spread into Eurasia, particularly in France and Germany, but also Portugal and Austria. They went into Eurasia, and when the spotted hyenas of the area went extinct at the end of the Ice Age. So um, the striped hyena of this time is expected to look very similar to the modern version, but a little bigger. As with spotted hyenas, 10 million years ago, they, they diverged from the striped and brown hyenas. The ancestral spotted hyenas are thought to have developed be social behaviors in response to the increased pressure for rivals for carcasses, thus forcing them to work in teams. They develop sharp carnassial teeth behind their crushing premolars that allows them to add fresh meat to the menu by taking up pack hunting. Joining the striped and spotted encroached on Europe and Eurasia and expanded into includes South Africa, but fell back to Africa when the trees became a hot item in 11 to 14, 000, 14 million years ago. Grasslands were their favorite terrain, and wolves and humans that came into the woodlands just made it too much competition for them, so they retreated to Africa. The brown hyena, which is the most rarest of modern hyenas, is like its sibling. It spent some time in Europe, but it also went to Spain. Spain. That's so yeah, in short, the hyenas once ruled the world. Wow. So despite facing myriad challenges, hyenas are still top predators that thrive in their environments, and they do that with a very particular set of skills. So jaws. The bone crushers have earned their name well. The spotted hyenas leading the pack in jaw strength, having been recorded to kill dogs in a single bite to the neck without breaking skin. Excuse me. <laughs> the spotted hyena can exert 1,140 pounds per square inch. That's 40, oh. 40% more than a leopard. Hyenas have been known to crack open giraffe bones, measuring at nearly three inches in diameter. Holy shit. Gotta get their sweet, sweet marrow. Oh my god. BFQ is a measurement of animals' bite force divided by their weight. So spotted hyena breaks at about 125. The highest rated animal on the scale is a Tasmanian devil at 181. The hyena is, uh, is below African wild dogs and jaguars, but rates above tigers, cheetahs, lions, gray wolves, cougars, and many other predators. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. Now, while our wolves could do their share of damage, their skulls and teeth are simply aren't designed for destruction, and termites rarely need such force. Dang. Here are some skulls. Skulls. So the top one is the striped hyena. The bottom one is the arwolf. You can see it's much longer and slimmer, and you don't have those same giant crushing molars that the striped hyena has. Wow. And that's a very dense fucking skull. Whoa. Dang. Dang. That's impressive. That's really cool. Hyenas like to mark their territory using their anal glands, a trait found also among the badger and weasel, weasel family. For defense, when they're attacked by lions or dogs, striped into brown hyenas will feign death. Though the spotted hyena will defend itself free, ferociously like the badasses that they are. Um, so vocalizations. Um, hyenas have a massive range of different vocalizations. And I'm gonna you're going to have to listen to these because it's just something else entirely. So this is one of my favorite things about 
talking about animals is just the cool crap that you learn and then the weird ass noises they make. <laughs> totally. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Oh god. Now, nah, you see, if I heard that in the middle of the night, <laughs> my ass would be gone. <laughs> I would be the other direction so fast. Holy moly. Because you think at the very first little uptick, you think it's a wolf. Yeah. And then it, it does that like, oh, like I can't, I can't, we don't have the vocal cords for that. That's incredible. Yeah. So they've got a whole range that they can do, like from whoops, grunts, groans, lows, like, Lows. I don't know what a low is. Um, giggles, yells, growls, laughs, and whines. <laughs> the striped hyena is comparatively silent. Its vocalization is being limited to chattering laughter and howling. So you definitely get the most diversity from the spotted hyenas. Okay. All right. Sustenance acquisition. So the striped hyena is primarily a scavenger. It if it sees something, it it can take down. It will with some while supplementing its diet with fruit. The spotted hyena, though, is a primarily a pack hunter of medium to large-sized ungulates, which it catches by wearing them down in long chases and dismembering them in a canid-like manner. They are efficient eaters, splintering bones and digesting them completely, using usually the only thing left after a hyena feast is hooves and horns. They don't just <laughs> they don't just make the most of their meals, they're speedy and can eat at least 32 pounds of meat per meal. Hyenas can take less than two minutes to eat a, a gazelle fawn, while a group of 35 hyenas can completely consume a 400-pound adult zebra th in 36 minutes. Holy shit. That's just leaving the hooves behind. They'll break uh, all the bones, they'll consume everything. They're uh, lamb piranhas. Lamb so aside from their usual fares, hyenas will also hunt fish, tortoises, black rhino, hippo calves, pangolins, and pythons. There are even four records of them taking on an adult hippo, which are massive and really are the killers of Africa. Yeah, hippos are fucking dangerous. That's that's impressive. Yeah, crocodiles don't fuck with hippos, man. No, <laughs> mm -mm. jeez. Now they've even been known to hunt the elusive automobile to consume their leather interiors and rubber tires. Yes. Um. Excellent. Whoa. Now, while it's not the hyenas, hyenas are the ones to steal kills from lions, it's actually the other way around. If a clan doesn't think it can hold its ground against the pride of lions, it'll just back off until they're finished and then finish up whatever's left when the lions are done. But if it's a group of lionesses and the hyenas outnumber them four to one, they can easily take them on. But at the end of the day, in some areas, 71% of hyena deaths can be attributed to lions who will sometimes attack hyenas for no apparent reason. They'll just show up and like, fuck you. <laughs> Specious. Specious. Yeah. Specious. Specious. Hyenas will steal kills from cheetahs and leopards. Um, cheetahs put up a little, little to no resistance because really their strength is in running nothing else. Uh, but leopards, particularly males, may stand up to hyenas. Hyenas are dangerous to the big cats. Their bites cause sepsis. And there's even one or two records of hyenas killing and eating a young leopard, apparently as revenge for the leopard that the leopard had killed one of their young hyenas. Oh my goodness. 
Oh, wow. So, yeah, the Arbolf is specialized for feeding on termites by licking them up with their long tongue, and an Arbolf can eat about 300,000 termites in a single outing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Very effective. That's so good. <laughs> so, hyenas are primarily nocturnal, then um, they're mostly solitary animals, but sometimes venture from their lairs in the early morning hours, with the exception of the spotted hyena, who aren't scared of anything and usually live in large groups called clans, which can range between, like, 40 to 180 members. Oh. Home ranges are defended using vocalization, scent marking, and boundary patrols. So they actually have hyenas that walk around their boundaries to make sure that no one's fucking with their territory. Trees. I love it. Clan boundaries are usually respected. Hyenas chasing prey have been observed have been observed to stop dead in their tracks once their prey crosses into another clan's range. Hyenas will, however, ignore clan boundaries in times of food shortage. Whoa. Um, hyenas. Spot hyenas. Spotted hyenas are one of the few mammals other than bats known to survive rabies and have showed little to, little or no disease-induced mortality during outbreaks from similar carnivores. Nothing kills these guys. They've got a highly evolved stomach that allows them to like consume the most rancid of flesh. And they are really like, they are the cleaners of Africa. Like anything that's left behind, they'll take care and they'll make sure it's gone. So intelligence, there is strong evidence to suggest convergent evolution of another kind. Primate intelligence. A study was done that demonstrated spotted hyenas out before chimps in cooperative sol problem solving tests. Hyenas successfully work together and learn the tricks quickly, despite no prior training. Experienced hyenas even help the less experienced clan mates, clan mates to solve the problem. In contrast, chimps and other primates required extensive training, and cooperation was really hit or miss. And hyenas plan their own hunting trips, determine ahead of time what species they're going to hunt, and make preparations among the group and the, in their environment, either as making scent markings or just like planning like a team strategy for dealing with it. They know what they're going to get when they go out. They're not just going to take the first thing they see. And hyenas are also known to even deceive each other. Clans have been seen giving alarm calls while feeding when no enemies are present, frightening off other hyenas so that they can eat in peace. And mothers will do the same when they're trying to interrupt an attack on their cubs by another hyena. <laughs> I love that. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, fuck <so> you. <laughs> Alright, so a little bit about social life and reproduction. So, as mentioned before, Ardwell's brown and striped hyenas are mostly independent. But spotted have a remarkably complex clan, more unified than wolf pack, and notably similar to those of primates like baboons. All members of a clan have a rank. Factors like reliability and dominance contribute to your position within the clan, but even more so are social bonds within the group. Um, coalitions are even done, though coups are very rare. The, and the biggest factor though is gender. Clans are matriarchal, with females being the dominant caste. The lowest ranking female is still considered above the highest ranking male, no matter what. So like a cub, a little female cub is more valuable than the highest ranking male. So and rank is also hereditary. So the daughters of the highest ranking females are sub subordinate to their mothers and rank above all other females that would be under her. This rank isn't just social status, but the higher ranking hyenas seem to have biological advantages as well. They have longer telemones telomeres, which is basically the hourglass of living creatures that determines how long your cells can divide before your DNA begins to deteriorate too much to continue, aka age. 
The hyenas, therefore, are healthier, live longer, and re reproduce more. It becomes a question of the chicken before the egg at this point. Is it that they, because they have a high rank, they're able to have access to more food, and then they're able to develop stronger and healthier genetics? Or do they have stronger and healthier genetics because it's kind of been bred into them because it's the hereditary uh, ranking? What? Okay, that is so cool. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, clans usually revolve around a communal den, often with many entrances, and there's at least one main chamber where the cubs and the high-ranking females stay. The rest of the clan sleeps out and around the den. It is not uncommon to see over 20 cubs in a den at a time. It's a lot. So, yeah. So, mating, when I get to the folklore segment on this topic, you're going to notice a common thread. Hyenas are perceived, perceived as hermaphrodites or as asexual, and there's a reason for this. The female genitalia doesn't look like what you'd expect from a, a mammal. Instead, they have a really large clitoris, shaped and positioned like a penis that is even capable of erection. Congratulations, female hyena. <laughs> Thus meaning, if you want to identify a hyena by lifting the skirts, you're going to have to get up real close. <laughs> While females are bigger than the males in every way, there's one piece that they aren't. It's their penis. <laughs> so to do this unique design, this makes non-consensual non-consensual copulation absolutely impossible the females have to voluntarily retract their penis to allow for intercourse that is amazing huh. that's great now you'd never imagine this was a strategy from observing their behavior because female hyenas are very promiscuous um but the pseudopenis allows them to choose not just whom they mate with but more impressively who actually fertilizes their precious eggs by acting as a form of built-in birth control that strangely elongate the strangely elongated reproductive tract, which is various twists and turns, slows down sperm as they swim towards their goal. So if the hyena changes her mind about a mate after mating, she simply flushes out the semen by urinating. <laughs> <laughs> you were really bad, Lay. <laughs> I don't want your gene. <laughs> yeah, like, oh no, too fast. No, bad. Go away. Go pee somewhere. <laughs> Now, super interesting fact, it was long assumed that the ex the excess testosterone is what causes female hyenas to develop this kind of pseudopenis. But experiments were done using blockers to prevent the update of the uptake of the testosterone in the cubs in utero, and the females still develop the penis. We have no idea why. What? That's that is cool. Holy crap. Now, there is a new theory though that hyenas are cared for by their mom for until they're about three to four years old. But before they can even be independent, they have to have that. Their skulls and teeth simply just aren't strong enough to fend on their own. So it's theorized that the females had to become bigger to ensure that their cubs had their share of the carcasses. Hmm. Um, hyenas are promiscuous. They don't form enduring pair bonds. During a female's heat, males will be submissive and passive. These ones have a much higher chance of success with, for mating. The females prefer younger males, and for the older females, they prefer males that are long-term friends of them. They get a bonus. Friends with benefits in hyenas, really. <laughs> <laughs> Gestation is typically 110 days, and during the last days of pregnancy, higher-ranking females give their developing offspring higher doses of androgen, which is thought to be responsible for the extreme masculinity of female hyenas. This makes the cubs of dominant females more aggressive and sexually active. And that's, again, that's the higher-ranking females do this, not the lower-ranking ones. Um, hyenas have two to three cubs. 
Um, spotted hyena cubs are born almost fully developed with their eyes open and erupting incisors and canines, though lacking adult markings. In contrast, striped hyena folks our striped hyena cubs are born with adult markings, closed eyes, and small ears. A hyena spots will be more defined in its youth and fading as they get older. Here is a here is a young spotted hyena. Oh, look at the ears. Aww. Oh, he's so cute. He's a clan kind of hanging out with some cubs around. Good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I forgot to show you this one during the jaw strength. Here's a hyena carrying a pickaxe in its mouth. Holy Ooh. shit. It's like, hey, look what I got. Check this thing out. <laughs> yeah, guys, check this out. Look at this thing. Look at this thing. Look at this thing. I like how it's carrying it around. It's just like, hey, look, 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 look. It's like those gifts of dogs when they carry sticks that are twice as long as them. Yeah. 100% exactly. Yep. It's yeah. definitely <laughs> doing that dog thing where it's like, yeah. I'm running away now. You can't take it from me. Mine, 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 mine. Fuck you. Yeah. Mine. <laughs> All right, and here's some awesome baby pictures. These are oh. striped hyenas. Oh, <gasps> oh they're adorable. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, their ears These are, are wolves. Eh. I love how different they look. Look at that, like baby fluff. That's <laughs> <laughs> I love the little mohawks. They're so cute. Um, these are spotted. Oh my goodness. I see the mongoose there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely with the spotted. And wow. the uh, brown hyenas. Wow. Aww, they're so fluffy. They are. And that yeah, is the brown ones are super fluffy. Much more like Tasmanian devil. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. Um, so cubs nurse for about 12 to 16 months, but are capable of eating solid food as early as three months. Shortly after birth, cubs will attack each other, particularly more in same-sex litters. Weaker cubs may perish in these attacks. Roughly 25% of all cubs may die in their first month. Whoa. Ooh. Another factor to consider is that female hyenas only have two nipples. So if they do have three cubs, usually the weakest one will perish. Oh. Within 10 days of birth, they can move with considerable speed and they reach sexual maturity at three years and can live up to 25 years. I had no Good idea trip. they were that long lived. Yeah. All right. So child rearing, uh, only striped hyenas assist with the child rearing. While all other species, it is the mother's sole responsibility. Among spotted hyenas, though, fathers are known to associate more closely with their daughters than other cubs. And their daughters show favor by being less aggressive to their fathers. <laughs> so interactions with humans. So in ordinary, in ordinary circumstances, hyenas tend to be quite timid around humans, but they're bolder at night. Um, among hyenas, only the spotted, hy- spotted and rarely the striped hyenas have been known to become man-eaters. Though all bone-crushing hyenas would reg- readily scavenge from a human corpse if they came across one. During Ethiopia's 1960 attempted coup and the Red Terror, hyenas took advantage of the chaos and loss of human life, finding themselves ready available meals. Hyenas that developed this habit lost much of their fear for humans, making them bolder and more aggressive. Wow. Man-eating hyenas tend to be monstrous specimens. A pair caught in Malawi in 1962 that killed 27 people weighed in at, at 159 and 170 pounds. Typically, male spotted hyenas are 89 to 121 pounds, while females 98 to 141. Jeez. So these weighed more than the heaviest weighing female on average. Yeah. Whoa. 
Um, spotted hyenas are widely feared in Malawi, where they have been known to attack people at night, particularly during the hot season, which is in September, when people tend to sleep outdoors, and bushfires make the hunting of wild game difficult for the hyenas. Modern attacks are rare, though, and it's suspected, but it is expected that these attacks are underrecorded. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, in some of the cultures, though, like in Somalia, the hyenas are hunted for food and medicinal purposes. And although, although they're considered haram or forbidden in Islam, they still do this anyways, the practice dates back to the times of the ancient Greeks and Romans who believed that different parts of the hyena's body were effective means to ward off evil and to ensure love and fertility. Historically, hyenas may have occasionally stolen human kills or entered into campsites to drag off the young and the weak. We don't know how actively they hunted humans, but human hair has been found in fossilized hyena dogs as far back as 300,000 years ago. It is believed that the cave hyenas of Siberia were a significant factor in delaying human colonization of Alaska. The oldest he Alaskan human re remains can coincide roughly with the time of the last cave hyenas when they became extinct. So hyenas prevented us from moving to Alaska. That is just... Man, this is stuff that I don't tell you in school. <laughs> they really don't. Here's um, a cave drawing in in from France, about to be about 32,000 years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, many farming communities uh, fear for their safety and the safety of their livestock when hyenas are nearby. But it's suspected that the many supposed attacks on livestock is more likely hyenas taking advantage of our already deceased livestock. Hyenas are easily deterred by thorn fences or homes with domestic dogs. A study in northern Kenya revealed that 90% of livestock pred uh, predation cases occurred outside of those thorn fences. With the hyenas' willingness and ability to eat almost anything, it's unsurprising that clans of spotted hyenas have been began to frequent metropolitan areas, well, metropolitan areas, where trash is readily available. The Ethiopian capital of Addis Ababa is estimated to have up to a thousand hyena residents that live on rubbish, feral dogs, and cats. Unfortunately, oh. sometimes the homeless do wind up on this menu. Eesh. From a captivity perspective, hyenas are easy to keep, and they have very few health issues. They typically live 15 to 20 years in captivity, and despite this, hyenas aren't frequently represented as zoos, often holding spots until a more prestigious animal can be obtained. Animals considered to be more charismatic or given better and much larger facilities, while hyenas are often rele relegated to inferior exhibits. Even places that do carry hyenas know very little about them. Most haven't even sexed their animals, resulting in breeding pairs that never seem to re reproduce. As a result, many captive hyena populations are facing extinction. During the 19th century, hyenas were frequent stars in the traveling circuses as oddities. Alfred Brem, German zoologist, wrote that the spotted hyena was hard to tame, harder to tame than the striped, though neither were really fit for circus performances. But according to Sir John Barrow, they made great hunting companions, saying, as faithful and diligent as any common domestic dog. Huh. In Tanzania, spotted hyena cubs may be taken from a communal den by witch doctors in order to increase their, their, their social status. In April 2004, BBC, a BBC article described how a shepherd living in a small town in Ethiopia managed to use a male spotted hyena as livestock guardian dog, suppressing his urge to leave and find a mate by feeding it special herbs. Although considerably, considered easily tamed, spotted hyenas are exceedingly difficult to house train and can be very destructive. A captive, otherwise perfectly tamed specimen in the Tower of London managed to tear an eight-foot-long plank nailed to its recently repaired enclosure floor with no apparent effort at all. Jeez. That's what them jaws kind of <laughs> do to your floors, huh? 
During the research for the, yes. for the book, The Spotted Hyena, a study of predation and social behavior by Hans Crook, he kept the tame hyena that he named Solomon. Crook found Solomon's company so congenial that he would have kept them, but S Solomon had an insatiable taste for, quote, cheese in the bar of the tourist lounge and bacon off of the chief, par the chief park warden's breakfast table. And no door could hold him back. <laughs> so Solomon was obliged to live out his days in the Edinburgh Zoo. Uh. Oh my god. <laughs> That's great. Oh, so Are good. Are you familiar with the hyena men? No. No. Yeah. So there is a controversial street gang based in Lagos, Nigeria, surrounded by myths and fears. They are bank robbers, debt collectors, they have magical powers, they are part animal, all of which makes them notoriously hard to know, though everything everyone knows of them. The hyena men roll into town with their rock pythons and baboons and hyenas and chains. It's hard not to see where all the intimidation and rumors come from. So here's a picture. Oh my goodness. Most of my information is going to come from a documentary called Mysterious Animal Gangs of Nigeria, The Hyena Men. It came out in 2020, made by Andrew Graham Brown, who has an impressive resume of films made for big names like BBC, Discovery Channel, and Nat Geo. In 2007, a series of photos taken by Pierre Del Hugo were published, grabbing Andrew's attention, and he went on a hunt to find out what he could learn about these polarizing figures. Here is one of the most famous pictures. Oh, wow. A Nigerian journalist helped him make contact with the gang, but it took him about a week to earn their confidence. Once he was in, they took him in like one of their own and took care of him for three months while he filmed with a small handheld camera. They showed him a world that normally would be completely off-limit to outsiders, never mind a white man, as they toured him through the cities of Lagos and the surrounding area of Nigeria. Just another picture here. Jeez. So yeah, I just spent all this time telling you how deadly they are, and then here are these men that just hang out with them. Wow. Alright, so the hyena men are a traveling troupe of entertainers who draw people in with exotic performances with their hyenas, snakes, and baboons, like the circuses of old. They make money this way, along with the sale of voodoo fetishes, charms, and concoctions, and more. From amulets to protect you from snake bites, to hermal remedies that will treat your syphilis, that all sell well in a country as superstitious as Nigeria. Their relationships with their animals is one of much scrutiny, and Andrew saw firsthand how sometimes they can be very doting and affectionate, and other times brutal and cruel. From an outside Western perspective, we see these men as cruel, toting around their animals in chains, living in landfills between shows, selling talismans and magical cures to people who don't understand what real medicine is or science. But that's from a perspective of privilege. To understand the situation, you need to understand Nigeria. Nigeria didn't obtain a stable democracy until 1999. And while from the outside, Nigeria looks like a powerhouse with impressive budding econom economy, inside it's an entirely different story. Even though they now live in a democracy, issues of corruption run deep, and it's, and it's a country that's still very much trying to find its ground. In 2012, 61% of their population lived in abject poverty without access to drinking water. While this has improved to 40% as wow. of May 2020, that's, there's still a really long way to go. 40%. Jeez. Despite the millions that pour into the country from lucrative trade agreements with the United States and other powers, very little of it goes beyond the upper class military and government. The streets are ruled by violent gangs and constant territory disputes. Between 2011 and 2018, Boko Haram, a, a group set on establishing Sharia law, killed 37,000 people. In April 2016, more than 500 people over 10 villages were killed by Fulani herdsmen, who didn't just take lives, but also destroyed schools, health centers, areas of worship, as well as police stations. And in one state, 15,000 children were branded as witches and ended up being abused or abandoned. Oh my gosh, wow. 
To say there's civil unrest is an understatement, and this is just barely looking at the surface. Nigeria is a country in crisis, but it is overflowing with diverse and vibrant cultures and traditions, then the issues that they face are incredibly complex, and for many, day-to-day life means living hand-to-mouth with a constant focus on survival. So what does this mean for the hyena men? These men are far from wealthy. They live in landfills during their trips to the city, working hard and hustling to earn about $40 a day. $40 to be split between among all the men to feed and care for their animals and their families back home. When they're not out touring and performing, the hyena men are with their families out of the city, all of which are involved in some way with the trade. These men just didn't go and capture a bunch of animals to turn a profit. This trade has been passed down in their families for centuries. Here's a picture um, from the early 1900s. Wow. From birth. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. From birth, babies in these families are given herbal mixtures to protect them from snakes, baboons, and the hyenas in the troop, often taught to handle the dangerous, sometimes venomous animals, even before they can walk. In homes, the women are re- the, women, the women and the retired hyena men teach the children how to connect and work with the animals and how to make the traditional medicines, charms, and potions from herbs, feathers, and animal parts. They aren't con artists. They truly believe in the work that they're doing, and so does most of Nigeria, which still has strong beliefs in witchcraft and ritual. The animals they use are all caught as infants from the wild and raised with the families. They use charms and potions to protect them while they crawl into hyena dens to capture cubs and 100% believe that they're protected. Maybe either they are having some sort of magical protection or just their confidence prevents them from being attacked. They, they manage to accomplish this. Even though that they, even those that have been injured by their animals claim it doesn't hurt and the animals mean no ill will. They use a combination of incense and herbal remedies that keep the animals calm and provide further protection. While pictures and videos show that these animals being hauled around by thick chains and muzzled, undisputed depictions of fan- animal cruelty by our standards, the animals are also dearly loved and considered part of the family. The hyenas and baboons get yearly checks up, checkups and vac- vaccinations by a professional vet, and the hyena men are licensed to perform with these animals by the federal government. Here's the picture. Wow. Hmm. The hyenas are fed human-grade goat meat, not just the entrails or scraps that would normally get thrown away. The men also capture these animals to sell on zoos and to private collectors, a single hyena cub being worth about $450 to a zoo and much more to private collectors. The animals live with them, riding cars. They're always there, and you would think no one would want to fuck with a group of men called the hyena men that have been su- that have such powerful and dangerous animals at their side, but gang shakedowns are incredibly common. Even driving up to the mountains to look for hyena cubs, they get stopped by a gang demanding money to let them pass. And like, there's a baboon and a hyena in the car. <laughs> yeah, jeez. To these men, this is all they have ever known. They have no other skills. They grew up with these animals, and they perform with them now. And in private moments, you can see that they do have an affection for each other. This is a picture of one of the families. Oh, wow. But their leader, their leader sees storms ahead on the horizon. He knows that a slight shift in government could take everything away from them. If they could no longer get licensed to perform, he doesn't know what they'd do, how they would survive, or what would happen to their animals. For the animals, this isn't the life that they were destined for. Being captured and taken away from their homes to be trained. We from such privileged nations know how bad these kinds of setups can be for the animals, even if they are well-loved. Wild animals aren't meant to be held captive, and we're still learning the full extent of damage such captivity could do to them. But if we take their animals away, hundreds would starve, many women, many men, women, and children. Never mind how it would impact communities that work with or are protected by these men. The world the common people of Nigeria live in is a very precariously stacked house of cards. One wrong move, and the whole thing could collapse, and we know that it is always the people at the bottom that suffer. 
And the hyenas men's skills aren't useless. In a better world, they could be they could help out with zoos, conservation programs, and education. But such things are a luxury, one that they cannot afford. So for now, they do what they've always done, and they do what they must to survive. So yeah, that's a hyena man. These pictures are incredible. Right? Yeah, the documentary mm -hmm. is amazing. Um, it's about 45 minutes. It's on YouTube. It's definitely worth checking out. It's just it's absolutely fascinating, and it's just a world that we just don't see ever. Right. And yeah, it's like so easy for us to judge them at a glance, but it's just like how. And I mean, this is a this is this is culture. Mm -hmm. This is not something that we have any knowledge or understanding of, and it's not right for anybody to to come in and say, "Oh, what you're doing is wrong," without a deeper understanding of mm -hmm. why it exists. And like they do care about their animals and they may be inadvertently hurting them or, you know, not realizing that they're, they're hurting them, but it's, it's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, after that bummer, <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about some mythology. <laughs> so hyenas feature prominently in folklore and mythology of hundreds of cultures that have lived alongside hyenas. Their role is a bane or blessing very drastically from group to group. In some cultures, hyenas are thought to influence people's spirits, rob graves, and steal livestock and children. It's often difficult to know whether it's the spotted hyena or another specific hyena, particularly in places like West Africa, as both spotted and striped hyenas are often given the same name. So many cultures see hyenas as dirty, stupid, greedy hermaphrodites and overall just useless. The, these views may be associated with the ideas of hyenas representing evil, treachery, lawlessness, or sexual deviancy. Uh, the Bang-speaking people of Cote d'Ivoire, spotted hyenas are sometimes depicted as bad Muslims who challenge the local beliefs and the spirits of nature. In some cultures, hyenas have much more power than simply being degenerates. Either that represents death, the end of things, or as clever as clever metal metalers in the plans of the gods. The folklore of the Gogo and Miro tell us that the hyena have an insatiable appetite for the human corpses and have played grand tricks to ensure that the food source always exists. Um, in Gogo myth, the hyena prevents humanity from achieving immortality, and the Miro believed that, the, that there was a mole that was sent by the god Marungo to tell the humans that they could be reborn after death, but the hyena ensured that that message never got delivered. The Madi and Yura believed that they once had a direct line to the crater via a cowhide rope in the sky until a hungry hyena severed it. Um, some of these hyenas are a cursed animal. Um, in the Matwara region of Tanz Tanz Tanzania, if a child is born at night when a hyena is crying, the baby will grow up to be a thief. Some take this more seriously than, than others. The, uh, the bang speaking of Cote d'Ivoire believe that if you find a freshly killed hyena with its anus inverted, that you must plug it back up or be struck down with a contagious perpetual laughter that sig signals your impending death. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I have questions. That's interesting. That's... Uh, it gets better. Um, okay. Do the hyenas efficient digestive system, when they defecate, their, fecal, their feces appear really dry, white, and almost crystallized? Um, because of this, they are also believed that if, the, if a hyena defecates within the village boundaries, it could result in innumerable deaths, and they must immediately evacuate the village. There are records of this occurring almost 150 years ago. <laughs> There's hyena poop. We all need to go. <laughs> <laughs> so rich craft so the 
some of these names are really hard to pronounce. <laughs> the Magugu people of Tanzania believe that there is no such thing as a wild hyena, that all hyenas are owned by a witch, and that each witch has at least one hyena, which they refer to as night cattle. These pets are branded with an invisible magical, magical mark, and the witches use them to make hyena butter that they use for their torches, but also as mounts. The witch rides their hyenas, naked, mind you, <laughs> to distant lands to be witch victims, and then return before morning. Because of this, killing a hyena is incredibly dangerous, as a witch will come seeking retribution. In order to avoid this, if a hyena is killed, they will remove its ears, tails, and front legs, because these are the marks that are supposedly branded, these are the areas that are supposedly branded by the witch, and then they go and bury these. For the Kujimat, if they kill a hyena, they must carry the carcass with respect as if it were a human elder to appease the spirits. In Dorsey tradition, the highest Demosu priests have the ability to control hyenas and will and will send them to punish defaulting debitors or debtors. <laughs> the Kagaru have a folktale about a trickster hare and a and a hyena. The hare and hyena agree to kill their mothers and sell their flesh in order to survive a famine. While the hyena kills his mother, the hare repent the hare repents and hides his mother until the hyena dies of hunger. The Kagura believe that transgressing social boundaries are considered witches, and that this tale is to prevent, intended to prevent youth from making mistakes. It's a harsh, yeah. <laughs> harsh lesson. <laughs> All right, and then supernatural beings. Many cultures believe that there are supernatural beings of their own accord. Some just have powers, like being able to mesmerize with their eyes and pheromones, while others believe that striped hyenas are vampires that attack at night, but they only attack brave people and drink blood from their necks. And the Greeks believed that the, that the bodies of werewolves, if not destroyed, would haunt battlefields as vampiric hyenas that drank the blood of dying soldiers. Wow. Right? That's, oh, that's dark. Whoa. In the Middle East, striped hyenas are regarded as physical reincarnations of jinn. In Ethiopia, uh, albino hyenas called the king of hyenas and would have been given great power. Um, but surprisingly, the most prolific legend on this topic is were hyenas. Many cultures have stories of reclusive tribes with powerful magic users that can transform into hyenas. In some tales, if one of these tribe members were to stand among a thousand people, a hyena could pick them out and would eat them. In Mansoa, suspected were hyenas are executed on discovery. In a Persian medical treatise in 1376, there is a cure for the cannibalistic kaftar, the half-man, half-hyena. In Western Sudan, where hyenas are depicted as monstrous and destructive beings who turn into hyenas at night and terrorize people, especially lovers. It's supposed, to, it's supposed that it's human form. It is supposed that it's human form. This person would often be a magically powered heal, healer, blacksmith, or woodcutter, and would be recognized by a variety of traits like hairy body, red eyes, or a nasally voice. So don't be a hairy blacksmith. The legend of where hyenas has its deepest roots in the countries around the Horn of Africa, so Ethiopia, Somalia, and Sudan. Well, for most that live in the cities, the story of the where hyena are tales that their parents or grandparents were told that when they were children. But for those that live in smaller communities and villages, the myth of the where hyena is still very real. Villages are suspicious of strangers passing through and swear sometimes that they can hear a human voice call your name from the distance. You never know where the hy where hyena is lurking. Unlike werewolves, you don't need to be bit to turn into a were hyena. Most are born with the ability. Either humans that can turn into hyenas or hyenas that can turn into humans. Also, there is no sway of the moon to control their change. 
Buddha is a term in Ethiopian folklore that is used to refer to where hyenas, but also means the evil eye and conjures images of dark magic. The legend goes that Eve had 30 children. One day, God asked her to show them to him. Suspicious, she hides 15 of the children, and when he discovers her disobedience, he curses the children to be Buddha as punishment. With time, this term has become synonymous with the lower uneducated class, the other, and blacksmiths. For all for a long time, all blacksmiths in Ethiopia were thought to be Buddha, a belief that still exists today in small communities. Traditionally, the profession of blacksmithing was dominated by Jewish people, believed to be the descendant of the tribe of Dan who fled the war in Israel. The Jews weren't allowed to own land or attend most schools. This left them professions such as blacksmithing, an inherited trade that requires no formal education. The Jewish population became associated with the term Buddha, muddling the term even further. Most cultures didn't understand what they were, just that they were other, and other is something to be feared. Legends say that Jewish hyenas would rob graves and feast on fresh, feast on fresh carpets carcasses, and the Moroccan hyenas are believed to transform every night after sunset and return to human form at dawn. All these myths share one common thread, a fear of the other, and of nature's ability to disrupt life for those who don't respect her power. Um, the core cult of Bamana Mali, uh, they have a bit of a little different take on the hyena people. They become hyenas using hyena masks, playing dramatic roles where they perform dirty habits, tricks, and general nastiness. This is meant to scare the audience and urge them to avoid such habits. The belief that spotted hyenas are hermaphrodites appears as an ideal in between, in between uh, the ideal in between in the ritual domain. So the role of spotted hyena mask in their rituals is often to turn the neophyte into a complete moral being by integrating his female and male principles. So it's so that it's a good omen or there is goodness to be found with hyenas. Um, Ethiopia by far is the most positive relationship with hyenas. The Garage believe that their ancestors migrated from Arabia to Ethiopia using hyenas as mounts. In Harar, the hyenas are regularly fed by the city's inhabitants who believe that hyenas keep the devils at bay and associate fortune-telling with them. The Tabwa see the hyena as a solar animal that brought the sun to warm the earth. The Galid people of Yoruba use hyena masks in their ceremonies as a finishing act, as hyenas represent the end. A hyena showing up at the end of one of these ceremonies is a symbol of a successful show. The jokes cracked by the F.A. mask have been such that even the laughing hyenas come out to the forest to join the audience. Sub-Saharan African parazoological thinking, the spotted hyena symbols the Adrajan, a distinct who has a distinct sexuality. According to mythological beliefs, the hyena also has relations with the bisexual moon. Wait, hold up. The bisexual moon? You knew I was going to stop right there. It's just be like, hold up. Unfortunately, I did not look up. further into that, but I'm also very curious. God damn it. Like, we could go days going into like African mythology and stuff like that. Oh, there's so much good stuff in there. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. But I just, that caught me and I was like, wait. All right. Yeah, I definitely want to know more about that one day. Uh, so, medicine and food, well, we either thought to be a blessing or curse. One thing that many cultures can agree on is that hyena is a pot has potent magic attached to it, making their body parts highly sought after for traditional medicines and magic. Some are more harmless than others. In Martua, Tanzania, it is believed that hyena species will enable a child to walk at an early age. So it's common for ch children to have hyena dung wrapped in their clothes. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, a handful of cultures associate hyenas with love and fertility, many making love potions and charms using hyena body parts. The Western Sudan people use the tails to get a desired woman. In Iran, a dried, stripe, a dried striped hyena skin will force all to succumb to the attraction of its possessor. In Khyber, tallow made from the hyenas are applied to a man's genitalia or taken orally to ensure virility. 
Wait, these are really polarizing yeah, animals. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> the Greeks and the Romans, though, uh, the Greeks and Romans thought that if a hyena's anus was worn as an amulet on the upper arm, it would make its male possessor irresistible to women. Oh. And, yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> the anus was also used by the Pathan for different means to attract homosexuals or bisexuals. There is an expression that to possess the anus of a striped hyena refers to someone as being attractive and has many lovers. Oh, well, I mean, now I, I want to be very clear. We're not making fun of this at all. It's just so different outside of our experiences as North Americans. And it's so fascinating to me how different cultures view love, fertility, sex, you know, all of the things that get so bound up in like mm -hmm. cultural identity. And I, I, I'm definitely not making fun. I was just not ready for the hyena anus part. <laughs> yeah, it was completely different. <laughs> and like, obviously, you know, North American culture is very like, sex is taboo. Like, don't talk about yeah. it. Don't have There's it out there. There's a lot of homogenous. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So the, wait. Oh, I'm not going to ask that because what? I don't think I want to know. Okay. Nope. <laughs> We're just gonna I just keep going. Like the last one was to attract homosexuals or bisexuals, which I find super interesting. Yeah, I do too. They're like, hey, it's a good hyena anus <laughs> you're wearing. Are you um, are you are you interested? It's I'm like the earring down. thing, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> if you wore one earring yeah. in the eighties and early nineties, you were gay. Yeah. Um. Some use the body parts to ward off evil or to get a good harvest. Medicinal purposes are plenty. In India, hyena fat serves as a cure for rheumatism. In Burkina Faso, the tail is used for medicine. And various parts are used in Malawi and Tanzania for a wide variety of medicines. In Punjab, the cure to cure infertility in a woman, she must entice a striped hyena, ride it naked at night, facing its tail. She must ride it in seven circles around uh, seven circles, and after which she will dismount makes seven salams to it and feeds it bread with ghee from a clay pot that is placed on her headscarf that has been spread out on the ground. It's a very elaborate ritual. It it, it very much is, but also um, wouldn't the hyena well, just yeah, run away? Like, the, the hardest part I mean, is getting the hyena participate. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of it, sure, but yeah, it was just like, hey, come here. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah and you know it's like if that is a person like if that is a myth that's kind of held over so long like they must have used it they must have they probably captured hyenas and did this probably yeah yeah someone probably got bit for their <laughs> trouble least once um so western <laughs> beliefs western beliefs and their influences as for the West, we have a complicated, convoluted history with the hyena. That can be traced all the way back to Aristotle's Historia Animalium, which describes them as carrion scavengers, cowardly, dangerous, and hermaphrodites. Pliny the, El Pliny the Elder would support this depiction, but adding to it saying that hyenas imitate human voices and were highly valued by the Magi. And as Pliny does, he also gave a bunch of recipes for how to cure diseases, give protection, and improve your libido using garden variety hy hyena parts. Oh. Pliny. 
Oh, Pliny. fucking Pliny the Elder. Fucking Pliny the Elder. Um, okay, physiologus, <laughs> physiologus, logus. God. I have no idea. Um, he took pride in converting pagan tales for the Christian palate. Continued with the hermaphrodite narrative, comparing the species to double-minded men who are neither man nor woman, and that is neither faithful nor unfaithful. He further states that the sons of Israel are like this animal, since in the beginning they served the living God, but later, given over to pleasure and lust, they adored idols. He clearly loved Israel. Uh, I... Mm, okay. <laughs> Coming from the same culture that had Dionysus. <laughs> you can't talk! Yeah. Yeah. Um, Beastries in the Middle Ages, inspired, um, Philios, inspired by Philosophus' work, uh, elaborated on the animal's necrofa ne necrophagous ha habits. And this is that word I was telling you guys about. Necrophagous, which is, means to feed on carrion that you didn't kill. Depicting hyenas feeding on human corpses. These descriptions were accompanied by drawings clearly made by someone that has never seen a hyena firsthand. God, I'd love to get a beastry from the Middle Ages. Those things are amazing. Um, Sir Walter Raleigh, in an attempt to rationalize how Noah's Ark could have fit all the extant species of animals, wrote that hyenas were hybrids between foxes and wolves, which originated after the Great Flood. Oh, that's convenient. Huh. Skipping forward okay. to the most recent and most impactful cool. media that depicts hyenas is Ernest Hemingway's Green Hills of Africa and The Lion King. And both hyenas are comically stupid gluttons. Researchers were so upset by the portrayal of hyenas in The Lion King that they actually protested. One hyena researcher even sued Disney Studios for defamation of character and another who had organized the anim animators' visits to the University of California's field station for behavioral research where they were to observe and sketch hyenas suggested boycotting the film. People exist. Alright, so some, some conclusion and some happier hyena stories. So there are several conservational areas that are home to the brown hyena and education campaigns are being used to promote awareness and dispel myths to help try and save the brown hyena from going into extinction. So different from the hyena men, we're going to talk about the hyena man. In Harar, the walled city of Ethiopia, Abbas Yusuf is the living embodiment of tradition, one that has been kept alive for 50 years, passed from father to son. What started as a way to keep hyenas away from livestock now doubles as a tourist attraction. Every night at dusk, Abbas walks up a nearby hill and calls out into the night. Not long after comes his friends, a cackle of hyenas. He then feeds them by hand like he would a dog, and he's not missing any fingers. He has been living, living peacefully what? with the hyenas for some time now, when only a couple centuries ago, the animals were attacking and sometimes killing townspeople. The defensive wall around the city did not keep the har keep the carnivores out, so the people developed a solution. They cut, hole cut holes in the wall and started throwing scraps for them. There hasn't been a hyena attack in 200 years. Whoa. That's crazy. I love that. That's, yeah. that's this is, um, genius. Oh my goodness. Here's a gift mm -hmm. of him. Oh, oh my <laughs> god! They're wild hyenas too. Wow. 
so yeah he feeds them with scraps of meat um by hand with his mouth just you know as becomes an entertainment <laughs> show as well so like he makes money off tourism tourists by this um yusuf and his family have given hyenas a marketing makeover her Harari's walk alongside hyenas. They let them in the de- they let them den in the wooded areas outside of churches. The hyenas bring in tourists and they clean up the city by eating trash, excrement, or dead animals. So the Hararis appreciate them and tend to not kill them like in other places. The hyenas these days have two dinner bells. The first is at dawn with a crank and grind of a garbage truck, which summons them to the landfill. The other at dusk when Abbas calls them by name. He happily does this for tourists who watch with fascination as the hyenas come right up to him. He woos them with a dialect that he's made over the years. Some of whom respond are more responsive than others, but all of them seem to respect the hand that feeds. They patiently wait as he hands, up, hands them scraps and even lets tourists do this. The hyena is completely docile and trusting of their human friend. Holy huh. moly. That gif is hypnotic. It is. Yeah, there's tons of videos yeah. of them out there. Wow. Yeah, so that one picture is with that woman in it. Like, she's the writer of an article. Like, she's never met these hyenas before. And, like, here is hyenas leaning on top of her and eating, doesn't care. The relationship is two way. They don't just come into his home, but they invite him to theirs too, leading him back where he crawls into their den even when the cubs are present. That's hilarious. He probably doesn't realize. And they probably, I mean, the hyenas definitely don't realize, like, he's hes having an impact on their evolution. Yeah. Yeah, there's a picture of that- them in his house. <laughs> but yeah, like, his dad, like, started 50 years ago, his dad started to do it at one point. Um, so what originally happened was that dad, his dad had a farm, um, and they, they had dogs, so they had dog food out all the time. And so the hyenas started to show up and eat the dog food. And then one day he forgot to refill the dog dish. And the hyenas got pissed and they started like trying to like oh. dig under and get into the house and stuff like that. And so ever since then, he's oh. been feeding them scraps. And ever since he did that, his livestock was fine. There were no attacks. Like the hyenas were completely docile. And so he passed this on to his son who continues to do it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But also look at their fucking teeth. <laughs> right. All right, so now we're going to talk about Odie. So Odie, um, this is a story from 2010. He's a spotted hyena, was only a couple days old when his mother rejected him. Zoo worker Marcel Turnier and his girlfriend, San Marie Pretorius, found themselves in the unusual position of having to hand-raise this cub in their South Africa home. By 20 months, he was quite a handful, according to Mr. Turnier. He sleeps all day, but at four in the afternoon, he wakes up, and when he's up, he's really up. He keeps us busy right through the night. But the three have bonded. According, uh, Marcel says, we interact with him and he sits on our laps. He loves physical contact. Not all hyenas are good natured, but you get one in a million that is. One of Odie's favorite activities is getting a bath in his tub outside. <laughs> oh. Look up oh my the What? <laughs> wow. It's amazing. But the couple know to never forget that he's a wild animal. Marcel makes sure that Odie considers him to be the alpha male and Sam Marie the dominant female in his group. He says, we're part of his social structure. When I play with him, I don't hurt him, but I'm always the one doing the rougher play to let him know who's boss. He's much tougher than me already, but he's also very sensitive. And we have to be very sensitive with him. If he's scared of something, he comes to me and I'm here to help him. The couple are now planning to find a female companion for Odie so that he could start to form bonds with other hyenas and live a more independent life. Go Aww. for you, Odie. <laughs> wow. 
you're probably familiar with Kevin Richardson. He's also known as the Lion Whisperer. Yes. Yeah. So this guy that hugs lions, you've probably seen his pictures everywhere. Um, so he's born in South Africa. Uh, Kevin began his career as a behavioralist at 16. He now owns and operates the Kevin Richardson Wildlife Sanctuary in Johannesburg. And he has become close to the animals in his reserve, having slept next to, fed, and lived with lions, cheetahs, leopards, and hyenas in his park. In his park, he has a clan of hyenas that has become close to him over the past couple of years. The Richardson is accepted as part of the group because he makes the right gestures to let the hyenas know that he is dominant. The hyenas don't just respect them. They really love him. They nip at him affectionately, not hard enough to hurt, and are happy to flop on the ground and roll over for a belly rub. Richardson has garnered international attention because of his close relationship with these animals, and he uses to spread awareness of animal conservation and as well as a method to learn more about these creatures that few get to spend any time with in the wild, never mind in such close proximity. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I think his um, wow. plan that he has on the park is about 2025. All right. And our final story. Addis Ababa, which is the capital of Ethiopia, is reported to have a, have a thousand hyenas living in the city. Rumors of baby snatching attacks on pets are rampant, but there are also those that praise them. A quote is, they eat up dangerous stray dogs and are free, are free cleanup service. The rumors, like they're so often, are exaggerated, at least according to Yves Marie Stranger in an article that he wrote in 2014. The economic growth in Ethiopia has led to a tremendous increase in the the number of domestic animals being slaughtered with bones and all sorts of other solid waste being dumped on the outskirts of the capital. More food for scavengers far from the drought, the drought prone image booming Ethiopia has become the largest cattle numbers in Africa. He says the outskirts of the city have some of the highest concentrations of hyena in the world. He ran a horse tracking company and told and tells of stories of when they had to put down an old horse in the fields next to the stable. 30 hyenas showed up at dusk and in the morning you couldn't find a single horse hair. Quote, when we walked down to the village through the forest in the evening, sometimes we found ourselves surrounded by hyenas. A quick shoe and these not-so-terrifying species, these not-so-terrifying beasts would just scamper. Intanto Hills is the resting grounds for most of the hyena clans, where hundreds of, she- hundreds of shepherd children are out every single day, on their own, without even a dog for protection. The only, the only proven casualty I've heard in 12 years was a drunken man who was hit by a car and abandoned unconscious in a pool of blood. Um, there's a user on the website letsrun.com who tells a story in 2019 when they were in Addis Ababa and had decided to go running on a popular runner's path. Quote, I ran around a small farm- farmhouse compound at the very top of Yucca Mountain and saw a small head with brown ears look up at me. It looked like a dog at first, but a second take, I knew it wasn't a dog. It was a hyena. It didn't seem to give a care in the world that I was there, and I turned and ran away slightly faster than before. It never even rose from its sitting position, and I was about 20 yards or so uphill from me. It wasn't lo- very large or didn't seem so. I told a farmer who asked where I was going and that I saw a jib, which is the American word for a hyena, and he said the same thing. Yes, there are a jib, laughing, saying, it's okay. <laughs> Yives, Yives lives near these hills. Uh, most nights can hear the hyenas as he's lying in bed, chuckling and snorting, but it's just part of the background now, just like the church sermons and the traffic. In his experience, hyena attacks are extremely rare, despite the rumor that there's a considerably more attacks involved. Despite the rumor, there's considerably more attacks involving dogs. There are concerns, though. The capital is working to better control solid waste to prevent people from slaughtering their own animals. Paradoxically, this cleanup is too efficient. The sudden disappearance of mass amounts of food that the large population of hyenas become dependent on could be dangerous. The hills around the capital 
where eucalyptus farms once have now begun to be reforested with local indigenous trees, bringing warthogs, servals, leopards, and menelic bushbuck. There has been little thought to how this will impact the hyenas in a way that, in a way they're becoming caged in, much preferring open areas and plains to forests. So, for now, there is a very peaceful arrangement, but with the changes in the environment and stuff, and the changes to do with the um, slaughtering of animals, it may not go so great. Rather than that, it's like right. there's a thousand hyenas in the city that there's no issues. One death in 12 years, and it was a man that was drunk, was hit by a car, and was abandoned. <laughs> right, right. And that's my story. Hey! I did... Uh... They're fascinating. Oh, I have one more gift. A. Oh. The teeth. Oh my god, the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I just it. It's so easy to forget how big yeah. these creatures are. Good yeah. night. Yeah, like 140 pounds. Those teeth are incredible. Much, but like these are these are big buff dogs. <laughs> Yeah, 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 these are stocky. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And that's it for this week. Hopefully, you come away from this with a bit of a different view on hyenas. Next week, Hallie will tell you about the Kakapo, a bizarre ground parrot from New Zealand. Nathan's going to reach way back into the fossil records to tell you all about the largest shark that ever lived, the Megalodon. As always, show notes, pictures, and additional details can all be found on our website at thehumanexception.com. If you have an idea for an episode, have some corrections or additional information on a topic that we've covered, or you just want to say hi, you can contact us at Facebook or Twitter at The Human Exception or through email at thehumanexception at gmail.com. Keep being the awesome, curious rock stars that you are, and we'll talk to you next week. Clown boundaries are usually a clan, clan, not clown, clan, but my files are too powerful. What? <laughs> Discord? There's no way that's eight megabytes. You're a liar.